Good morning. It's great to have you with us. Uh, we're going to spend a bit of time now as we continue our current teaching series, where over the last few weeks we've been spending time uh, asking the question, what truly matters? And we've been attempting to su suggest some answers uh, to help us to address that question and to think that question through. And this is at a time where, with the current, the global situation really, with coronavirus in which we, we find ourselves, we've not been able to gather in person. And so we've been moving as much as able as we're able to. We've been moving things online and looking to use different platforms and, and ways of doing things. And one of the ways, which won't really come as a surprise to you if you're watching this video, is that we're hosting a number of our videos on YouTube. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but quite often I can come onto YouTube uh, looking for a specific situation, uh, a video, sorry, or a clip that I'm I'm looking for. And before I know it, I've spent more time here than, uh, here than I'm meant to, uh, because I'll see another video, but oh, that looks interesting. And I'll just click on that. And for, you know, it's one, like a, it's kind of like going down the rabbit hole sort of situation. You just end up spending more time than you intended to there. And I've spent more time than I'm meant to uh, looking particularly at clips from one of my favorite TV shows, which is uh, called Would I Lie to You? And if you've not seen it, the premise of the show is that you've got two teams uh, made up of, of well-known people, uh, celebrities, and they uh, each take it in turns to make a statement, uh, something about uh, something they've done, something about their past, uh, maybe about someone that they know. And the other team have an opportunity to ask questions uh, just to try and find out more about what happened. And then they have to decide whether this person is telling the truth or not. And it's got me thinking, if I was ever on that program, not that I can ever see a reason why I would ever be on that program, but if I was, it's got me thinking, what sort of things would I, uh, what what sort of stories would I come up with for people to guess whether they were true or not? And initially, uh, if kind of just trying to think things through, I struggled to come up with, with any thoughts. But as I spent more time reflecting and, and pondering and thinking through my life and, and places I've been mm. and situations I've been in and people I've been with, actually some more things came through that I thought could potentially be quite entertaining. But it took that time for me to, to reflect and to think through on those things. And in a similar way, I've also thought about a particular podcast that's a favourite of mine. And the premise of this podcast is that people, the guest each week shares uh, that they're their, their dream meal. So every course that they would want in their dream meal. And, and often what you will find is that they, a lot of the, the choices that they make are, are based on a certain memory that, that it, that it brings to mind, whether it would be of a place or a holiday or people that they were with, uh, or people that are important in their lives. Often you, you'll find that the, that the food kind of evokes these memories and, and memories, uh, remembrance is a really important thing for us. It's an essential part, I think, of what it is to, to be a, to be to be human is, is remembrance. And whether that is through the sharing of stories, whether it's through food, whether it's through looking at photos, whether it's through spending time with those uh, that, that we have a history with and being able to share things that we've gone through together or whether we're someone that journals or keeps diaries and looking back on those things. Actually, remembrance is a very important part of our lives. And with that being said, as part of our series where we're asking the question of what truly matters today, I want to suggest to you that one of the things that truly matters is remembrance. Now, if you've been with us from the beginning of this series, you'll know that the approach that we're taking is saying, OK, so the question is what truly matters. But the, the, the approach we're taking is that as we look at scripture, as we look at the Bible, 
what we see is that there'll be certain things that, that come to the fore or certain things uh, that, that keep repeating where we would be able to say, actually, that this is show, we think this is showing us that these things matter to God. If they keep coming through, they're things that truly matter to God. And that's the approach that we're looking to take at this time to think what truly matters to God and allowing us that time and space to think through, OK, so what does that mean for us about how we're to, to think on this and how we're to apply it? in our lives and what it means for us so today i want to suggest to you that what truly matters and what truly matters to god in the sense that we see it time and time again through scripture is remembrance now i think that memory in terms of of as we're looking biblically and we're looking through through the story of scripture memory of the past often became a way of navigating an uncertain future you see the way that the people engaged with God and the people engaged with one another, actually remembering what had come before, help people to navigate uncertainty in the future. And I think for us at the time in which we're in, uh, as I said, with, with the, the situation with coronavirus and uh, kind of all the implications that that's brought through and, and the challenges that that's brought through, we live in with an uns- a bit of, in many ways with an uncertain future. And so what I, what I hope is that what we're going to unpack a bit together today will be helpful for the times in which we find ourselves, but beyond that as well. You know, scripture covers thousands of years of, of history. And if that constant message is being remembrance kind of helps us to navigate uncertainty, uh, then that's something true for us as we move forward as well. Uh, we're going to spend a bit of time looking at uh, at scripture in the book of Joshua at a time where God has um, taken the, the nation of Israel, he's taken the Israelites out of slavery and captivity in Egypt, and he's delivered them, rescued them out of that, and he's brought them through the Red Sea, and they've been in the wilderness, and they've spent 40 years in the wilderness. But now at the point we're picking up, they've come to the promised land, and God has led the people through the river Jordan. He caused the, the flow of the water to stop, and they were able to cross through. And then at this point where we're going to be picking it up, he instructs Joshua, who's leading the people at that time. He instructs Joshua to to tell 12 of the people, one from each of the tribes of Israel, to collect a stone uh, and and to come and bring a stone. And they're to to put them together and to make a memorial in order for them to be able to remember what God has done for them. And we're going to pick up in Joshua chapter four from verse 19. So they've come through the Jordan. They're in the promised land. God has instructed them to take these stones and to set up this memorial. And this is what it says. It says that the people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know that Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for, for us until we passed over it. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So we have this situation where God has instructed the people to set up this memorial in order that they would remember who God is, who they are what God has done for them and how they come to the place in which they are now and everything that God had done in order to bring them through to that place. And we're going to spend some time just reflecting on this, uh, on this part of, of scripture 
And we're going to look at very quickly, we're going to look at three things um, that I came across in an article uh, by a guy named Ben Roach. Apologies, Ben, if, for, if somehow you're watching this video and I've pronounced your name wrong, please forgive me. Um, but in, in this article, actually, Ben suggests a number of, of ways, mm. uh, things for us to consider when we're thinking about uh, remembrance and thinking about what it is to be those the importance of, of remembrance. And he suggests a number of things. And three of the things he suggests are that we are to think, to thank, and to tell. And so we're going to spend just a few moments thinking through each of those. Uh, and hopefully it will serve us well uh, as we uh, kind of go on from today and recognize the importance of remembrance as we reflect on what it is to think, to thank, and to tell. So firstly, to think. So the people of Israel, they've been given this specific instruction by God, set up these memorial stones in order that you remember what I've done for you, where you've come from, where I've brought you to, and kind of what was involved in that. But 40 years before this, as God has just brought the people out of Egypt, uh, and, and they're now in the wilderness, I think it's within about two and a half months of that happening, they, the people start complaining and they start grumbling. Because there's not enough food. As far as they're concerned, there's not enough food, not enough of the right food. And they say, look, when we were back in Egypt, we had the best meats and we had the best bread and we had everything that we needed in terms of that. And, and it's like they're longing to, to, to go back to, to, to what they had and complaining about what they currently do have. And it's like we, we can look at that and we can read that story and we can almost think, how how can you even say that it's like don't you realize what god has brought you out of and now you're here and you're complaining about about lack of food and yes it's a difficulty and yes it will be a challenge but in light of everything that's happened can you really be doing that have you so quickly forgotten what god has done for you and maybe we we can come with that approach as we read it and almost be a little bit shocked at their response but actually how often do we do the same in that we can forget quite quickly the things that God has done for us and the ways that God has worked in our life and the situations that God has been working in and the answers to prayer that we've seen. But we can sometimes forget those quickly and be caught up with what we're going through or what we're going to be facing, the uncertainty of that. And, and maybe we can forget to the point of, of complaint and grumbling about what we currently have going on. And so it's important that we take time and space to think. How much of our time do we give to, to is taken up on, on focusing on, on the present situation in which we're in or thinking about the future and what is to come, things that are coming up? They can be consuming where most of it, the majority of our time can be focused on those things. But actually, I think and what I want to suggest to us today and what I think these verses in Scripture are helping us to see is that actually we need to take time to stop and to think about what's come before and to reflect on what's happened. Because as we do that, actually, that will help us in our present and that will help us as we navigate the future as well. I found it so helpful this morning with that, the way that Ian led us into worship. He, he was saying, as we come into worship, let's take time before we enter into worship. Let's take, take time to stop and to reflect on the promises of God, the promises of God for you, for, for the church and for God's people. And then he said, and let's take time to, to reflect on God's faithfulness to you, God's faithfulness to us, the ways in which you've seen God's faithfulness 
in your life. Take time to think about that and, and almost allow that, use that to lead, lead you then into worship. I thought it was so helpful. Actually, we need to take that time to remember God's promises, God's faithfulness, answered prayer, to take time to think about our lives where we've seen God moving and working, where we've seen God's grace, where we've seen God's love, where we've seen his intervention, where we have seen answers to prayer, where we've seen, uh, where we know God's promises. We need to spend time in in the word. We need to spend time in the Bible, reading about what has come before and and the promises of God and and, and just, just time and time again where we see his faithfulness and, and his character coming through and shining through the, the words of scripture and maybe you're someone who journals or keeps a, a diary and and you know it's good to to look back and to spend some time thinking about actually where have we seen God move and and, and where we've seen situations and circumstances change because of, of what God has been doing in them and because we've had God with us through them we need to take that time to stop and to think and I think it's something that we, that we fairly often we have to be deliberate about. Otherwise, it just won't happen. And particularly at the time in which we're in now and this, the season that we're in. Was speaking with someone or was, was hearing from someone where, where the question was, how are you finding things at the minute? And they said, actually, one of the challenges for them is that with all the all, for them, they've got more time on their hands than they normally would. And for them, their challenge is actually how they manage their thought life. Because if they're not careful, then their, their, their thought life goes to all sorts of places, which isn't necessarily that helpful. And so if you're someone who at this situation has perhaps more time on your hands than you than you ordinarily would, then we need you need to use your, your time well. And actually, this would be a good time to, to stop and to think on God's faithfulness and on God's promises and, and on scripture and on all those things. But to take that time and to, to use your time well in a way that will will serve you well and will build you up and will get you to focus and to fix your eyes on him. Maybe if you're someone like me, actually the current circumstances of I find it, I'm, I'm having less time to think um, because I, I've kind of, there's different pressures on me at this time. Maybe you're like me, but actually then, then it's a, the, the, then, but I still have to be deliberate about taking that time to think, to stop, to remember what God has done and who he is. So that would be something for for all of us, whether we're finding we've got more time on our hands or less times or wherever we find ourselves. Actually, we need to stop and we need to think. We need to use that time. So we need to we need to, to think and then we need to think. See, for the Israelites, they got to that place when they'd first been led out of, of, of Egypt. It was actually their forgetfulness. I think it was their forgetfulness that has led them into a place of grumbling. They weren't thinking about what God had done. They were just focused on what was happening at the present. And and they'd forgotten everything that God had done for them. And really, this was an outworking of what was going on within them and how they were probably how they were were viewing God. Uh, You know, he wasn't working in the way that they would have wanted to. This wasn't according to their plan. This isn't the way that they would have done things. And it led them to a place of, of grumbling. But it was their forgetfulness, really, I think, that had got them to that place. And God's antidote to this, to this grumbling, is to remember. For the context of Israel, as we've just seen in this story with, with Joshua and the Israelites, it was to remember God's gracious deliverance and redemption, the way that he brought his people through. And it's the same for us. Remembrance 
Uh, we're to remember God's gracious deliverance and redemption that he's shown us ultimately in Jesus and to allow ourselves to, to, to remember and to reflect and to ponder on that, not to be forgetful of that. And when we remember God, when we have that time of remembrance and that time to reflect and to think our natural response is to worship. It's what it does. It, it draws us into worship. Catherine Butler, uh, who wrote another article that I read in preparation for, for today, she says that, rem that remembrance uh, as worship not only glorifies God, but it also gives us life when we struggle with, with affliction. So it's not it glorifies God. Worship glorifies God in the sense that it is good and it's fitting and it's right. We were looking at that a bit last week. But remembrance as worship also gives us life when we struggle with affliction, because when we're struggling with difficult circumstances or affliction, we can we can doubt God's goodness to us. We can doubt his, his faithfulness to us. We can doubt whether he's with us. We can doubt whether he cares. We can doubt whether he knows. We can find it harder to trust him in the situations in which we find ourselves. But as we remember who he is and we remember what he's done throughout all, throughout all time and the way he's dealt with all people, we can see actually it, it leads us to a place of worship that glorifies him. But it also gives us life when we're struggling with certain things because it gets our eyes fixed back on him. I remember being at a conference once and Susie Voke, who is uh, part of the Cornerstone City Church in Medway, she said that when we celebrate, we stand against the lie that God isn't good. It's something that's really stuck with me. And I've, you may have heard me share that before just because it's been something that's had a really profound impact on me. That when we celebrate, we stand against the lie that God isn't good. See, it's it's one thing to think on and to remember God <coughs> and, and to remember who he is and what he's done. Remembrance is good in, in that one sense. But actually, that in and of itself isn't where we should stop. We shouldn't just think about these things. Actually, we should allow that to lead us into thanksgiving and into praise, that it would stir worship within us so we're to think we're to thank let's take time not just to to remember who God is let's not take time just to remember what he's done in our lives let's not just take time to remember how he's answered our prayers let's not just take time to spend time in scripture reading about the faithfulness of God and how he's delivered and redeemed people and of his grace and his love actually let's use that uh, let, let's turn those to, to thanks and praise uh, and, and and yeah to turn those things to worship. So remembrance is about thinking, it's about thanking, but it's also about telling. Now again, going back to the story of, of Joshua uh, and, and the people as they come through into the promised land, actually one of the, the main reasons that God instructed them to set up this these memorial stones is that they are then to tell future generations about what God has done, of how God led the people through uh, through through the uh, through the River Jordan and into the Promised Land. Not only that, how that is a reflection uh, and a remembrance also of how God, in a similar way, led them through the Red Sea when he brought them out of captivity uh, out of Egypt. And so actually these memorial stones are to be passed on from generation to generation that they would hear about what God has done and about the role that God has played in the lives of his people and, and throughout history. 
there's this sense of not just keeping it to yourself, but telling, uh, passing it on and, and telling. Uh, and, and again, in the instance of the verse we've been looking at today, that the generations would hear. Not only that, it also says that the whole world would know that there's this context that, that all the peoples of the earth know, may know about that the, that the hand of God is mighty. So it's something that's to be told and it's something that is to be shared. So actually, for us, when it comes to times of remembrance, we need to think about it. We need to th- we, we, we think, we thank, but we're also to tell. Because there's a communal element and dynamic to remembrance. It's not just about keeping it to ourselves. Now, uh, we, we, we need to, to remind one another of God's promises. We need to uh, remind one another of his faithfulness. We need to remind one another of his love. We need to remind one another of the truths of who he is and of, and of what he's done. We need to remind one another of, of the scriptures. We need to remind one another of how he's worked throughout history. We need to tell one another of these things. It's not to be kept to ourselves. It does us good, absolutely, but it's to be shared. We're to tell, uh, to, we're to instruct the, the, the future generations uh, with this as, as well. So there's a, definitely this element of, of telling when it comes to remembrance as well. And we can do that with the gathered church when we're gathered together. But we can do it anytime, just as we're remembering and, and uh, having that time where we're thinking, having that time where we're thinking just to actually also be thinking, is there anyone else that I can share this with, that it will do them good, that I can pass it on to as well? Because actually we need to be uh, a people who are who are people of, of remembrance, because it truly, truly matters. Remembrance matters. And when we come to remember, let's just keep in mind, just know there's a lot that we that could still be said, definitely a lot more that could that could be said, but even just to, to, to aid us in, in these first kind of moments as, as we're, we're exploring this answer, that, answer together today. When it comes to remember, remembrance, we need to think, we need to thank, and we need to tell. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you for what you've done. We want to thank you for what you will continue to do. Lord, we thank you that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. We thank you that you have plans and purposes for your people and that nothing will stand against, uh, nothing will stand against you in that. And Lord, we thank you for your instructions to be those who, who remember in, in various ways, to be those who uh, have that time of remembrance, to, to reflect on your promises, on your faithfulness, on your works, of your deliverance, of redemption throughout history, uh, in our own lives, of, of the things that you have done, Lord. And even as we consider the psalmists and how they stirred themselves to remember in the circumstances in which they were in, to remember who you are and to, to spend that time thinking and dwelling and just how it lifted them in their circumstances and enabled them to face the future, no matter how uncertain. So we, we ask that with your spirit's help, that you would help us to be a people of remembrance, Lord God, that we would be those that would think, we would be those that would think, and that we would be those that would tell. And we ask this in your precious name. Amen.